Hi everyone, welcome back to The Raw Show with Michael McDonald and I have a very special guest, we have Tara Langdale-Schmidt joining me today. So Tara, thank you for being a guest on the show. Thanks for having me. Tara is the founder of Vuvatec, I hope I've got that right. She, she suffered with vulvodynia a few years ago and she's she actually created her own invention to help people with that. And she's helped over 7,000 women all around the world who suffer with a lot to do with the, the pelvic floor and, and that sort of that sort of area. So, Tara, I thought we'd we'd start with your background, if that's all right. So would you be able to share that's with fine. me and our listeners where you were born and what it was like for you growing up? Yeah, I was actually born in um, Everett, Washington, which is probably about 20 minutes north of Seattle. Um, mm-hmm. I actually am a twin, so I have a twin sister, and right. um, I had yeah three older brothers. We uh, grew up in Bellingham, which is about two hours north of Seattle, on the water and in a big farmhouse. Um, you know, was outdoors playing every day. My mom. Um, was a paralegal. My dad was a private investigator. Um, and then my mother, she started a, her own coffee business. So I kind of saw my mom be an entrepreneur when I was younger and she started her own mobile coffee company. So that was something that was nice to watch. Um, when I was 15, moved to Florida and finished high school here. And then Moved up to Sarasota, which was about 20 minutes north of Venice, where we moved, and I started working at the Ritz-Carlton, and I was put in front of the most amazing people that I'm still friends with today that actually lived there in the residences, and they, you know, when you're around people that are very successful, you know, it really helps when you have questions, and they can help you and figure out how to do things, and it just gave me this drive, you know, to always want to do something. I didn't know this is what I would be doing, but... I just, I've always had that drive in me. Mm. Okay. So how, how did the, the invention come about then was, I mean, it, it, it tends to, to come from something that, that we've experienced, particularly, um, I know, I know Richard Branson with his airline was, we was on an airline himself and he wasn't happy with what was going on. So we decided to start his own. So, so what's your, your story like in terms of how the invention came to be? Well, from a a young age, 11 was my first surgery. Um, I've dealt with cysts and endometriosis. And in about, let's say, 2010, I started experiencing this really sharp pain during intercourse. And I just thought, oh, it might be scar tissue from my other surgeries and things like that. I think I've had like four or five surgeries down there. I can literally lose track because I've had a lot of other surgeries. And and I was like, you know, what is this pain to my doctor? And he's like, well, you know, just, just drink some wine and take some Advil. And I'm like, ah, I don't know about that. It no. just really hurts. And um, it got worse and worse and worse. So I just started doing research on my own. He, we tried lidocaine cream, gabapentin, um, amitriptyline cream, nothing worked. Um, the pain was still there and it was getting worse. It literally felt like somebody was cutting you with a knife and burning you with a cigarette at the same time. Every time you went to have sex and to the point where you didn't want to. And I was about to get married. So I just started doing my own research and I found, you know, vaginal dilators can help with pelvic pain. So I ordered a set and they were okay. And, and, um, but I still didn't have the name. So I went to a pelvic pain specialist here in town 
And he didn't give me the name either. He just looked at me and said, well, I can cut out the part that hurts or I can put you on an antidepressant. So that's our one pelvic pain specialist we have in town. And I said, I don't really like those options, you know? So I did more research and I found the word vulvodynia and I was like, oh my goodness, I think I have that. So I went to my doctor. I'm like, do I have this? He's like, yes, you know, that would be it. And I was like, okay, well, what do we do? And he's like, well, we can try lidocaine injections. Well, if you get poked six times down there, it's not like you're in a spot that really hurts anyways. It's not, you're not going to want to run home and have sex. So that's not really how that works. Um, So that didn't work. So he's like, here, I've talked to six doctors and I don't know what can help you. Well, I had seen in a article that fibromyalgia and vulvodynia were kind of the same type of condition, unexplained nerve pain. Fibromyalgia more, you know, affects a lot of people in their shoulders, arms, um, neck area. It can it can affect more places on the body, but that's kind of like the main area. And this was, I said, vulvodynia was like fibromyalgia of your vagina. So I had remembered that when my mom, my mom was diagnosed with fibromyalgia in 1996, I had remembered that neodymium magnet therapy had really helped her after she had spent $40,000 on doctors. Nothing had helped her. Um, And she met someone with fibromyalgia and they were like, this was life changing. And then my mother started doing that treatment, neostatic neodymium magnet therapy. She had a sleep system, a travel pad, magnets that she taped to her neck and back and it really helps with her nerve pain she was in bed for nine months and then she got out of bed and she's like these magnets saved my life so I that kind of that light bulb went off when I read it in the same sentence and I was like I'm gonna put magnets inside of the dilator and see if it helps it's a nerve pain issue so I did and it was like night and day it took about 60% of the pain away immediately and then if I wow. use them more and I use them right before intercourse, it took about 98% of the pain away. So a lot of women with vulvodynia have a, a raw, we call it, like, I call it the raw spot. It's a spot. It's kind of, if you're looking at it like a clock, the opening, it's the six o'clock mark where that skin is a little thinner. That's the place that really hurts. So you can feel like, you can feel the memory there of the nerve memory and that it does hurt. But it's mm-hmm. not, you can still have intercourse. It doesn't really bother you after you use the dilators. So that's kind Remember, of how, and I said I need to help women. So Yeah, that, that's quite a, a big a big difference. I mean, I, I, I'm surprised that, that no one's thought of that, that sort of thing before. So what process did you go through to, to actually invent the thing? So you started off just combining things by yourself, doing a bit of research your end, and then, and then acting on it. So how how did you actually go about creating the, the invention and patents in it and everything else? Well, um, I, I have my friend Rob, and he's from Hull, England, like I mentioned earlier, and he um, is an inventor. He's invented a few things, and I have known him for years. He's really an awesome, amazing person, and I said, Rob, I, I, I said, can you meet me for lunch? I have this idea. I said, okay, I go, now listen to me. I'm going to talk about vaginas for a second, and I need you to listen. I said, this is a real thing, and I know it works, and we can help a lot of women doing this. So I just need you to listen and trust me. He said, okay. So I told him about it, and he's like, okay. So we met with um, Scott Sensenbrenner, who is the CEO of Enzyme Medica. He's always been in the medical field here in Sarasota, and he was blown away. He's like, this is a great idea. 
And so we're like, well, let's do a clinical trial. So we had some dilators made. Um, we had to have the molds made, um, which is which was quite expensive. We we chose to get it done here in the United States, right in our town, which is about double the price of overseas. But we just like to support, you know, the local economy. So we yeah. had the molds made here. So that was a you know about sixty thousand dollars off the bat just to try something. Um, and we had we put the neodymium magnet sleeves inside that that we we created. And we did a clinical trial through our hospital. It was a smaller study. Clinical trials are very expensive. But um, the dilators were shown to be twice as effective as the dilators without magnets. It was a double-blind placebo study. So women had the magnetic dilators or the non-magnetic dilators for two weeks. Then a week they didn't. And then the next week they had the magnetic or the non, just depending. And... um, they didn't know about the magnets at all, though. They had no idea about the magnets till after the study. So that it was a very good study, and we're like, all right, it works. Let's do this. Right, so what what were the next steps then? So there could be people that are listening that might... They might have a similar, a similar thing. Like they've got an idea. Like they've they've got something that that they think would be amazing. They want to invent something. They want to patent something. They want something that's that's theirs. What's the the process like? I mean, it is probably different from country to country. But what's it like wherever you are in the in the US? So um, first of all, whenever you are talking to people, you know, saying, "Do you think this is a good idea?" This and that. You always want to have them sign an NDA. Um, a non-disclosure agreement and then um, the next step is something that you want to do is to file a provisional patent which is a here in the United States it's a one it's good for one year and what it does is it kind of holds your patent when you don't really know how you're going to exactly make it yet so you want to file the non-provisional which is like our 20-year patent what we have you want to file that within a year of filing your provisional patent. So provisional patent, you can change things in it, and then you have up to a year to file your non-provisional. Your non-provisional is the one where you're like, look, this is, I know how I'm doing this, and this is exactly how I want to protect it. So we, we did that. Um, we got the patent protection, and then, you know, we worked on packaging. Um, we worked on, you know, I, I hired a marketing company, um, to help, but I, I ended up letting them go because I could just do everything myself. There's nobody better than me. Um, I created the website. I mean, I can edit things when I want. You know, if you can do something yourself, you might as well do it and save money. So I was, you know, n- nobody else that I was dealing with has vulvodynia. So I'm the best person to work on everything. So it's not like a t-shirt company or I'm selling coffee cups, you know. I'm the only one with vulvodynia out of everybody that I know. So I just started marketing and, and, um, and that, you know, that's kind of where I started and I started getting really good feedback really quickly. Yeah, yeah I'm sure you did. So what, what was it like? Because you, you mentioned that you're, you're the only person that could, could do it. So anyone that you would hire would, would have that the element of, of disconnect in terms of like, the the customer experience so like how the they market what words they use all that kind of thing how important would you say that was in, in terms of the, the actual success of the invention well i think that uh, see a lot of these women they have other conditions so they might have ibs endometriosis they have chronic hives it's a, it's um 
they could have a autoimmune disorder. So a lot of women with this condition have maybe three or four other conditions. So they're constantly trying things to feel better. They're in chronic pain. Um, so it's not like they're just spending money on one thing, vulvodynia. They're spending money on all their treatments. They're trying acupuncture. They're trying massage. They're trying investigational things. So it's important to, to, to understand that. And they're not going to just believe somebody that's just saying it works, try this. Like, it's important to have my story behind it, that it's helped me, that I'm on a mission, that I help people find pelvic floor physical therapists and physiotherapists. I don't just sell dilators. I help women. I help them find doctors. Um, I'm like a package deal. I'm an advocate. I talk about it. I share my story. So nobody else can really do that besides me because you have to build trust with these women, you know? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I think that that's quite an important point as well in that you've, you've, got, to, you've got to build trust with them. You've got to, to sort of see things from, from their perspective in order to, to move things forward. Because you mentioned that you, you don't just sell the, the product, you do actually refer people to, to, other, to other sort of ways and methods and tools and techniques as well. So how, how, how does your... Your, your actual thing then um, stack up to that. So in terms of like the, the physiotherapist and the, the doctors and things like that, where, where, does your, where does your invention fit in? So um, physical therapists and physiotherapists are really the ones that recommend dilators the most. So most of them use dilator therapy in the office and then they teach you how to do like a self-program at home. So that's kind of... I've been more having to teach the doctors about it. Unfortunately, a lot of them went to school years ago and they, you know, all they've, all they've done for the last 20 years is, you know, pap smears and deliver babies. So they, I'm going to the, um, the ACOG show, which is the American Congress of Gynecology and Obstetrics at the end of April. So I'm going to kind of be teaching them about dilator therapy and how effective it can be. Dilators have been around for 20 to 30 years. So it's not like it's a new device completely, but the neodymium magnet sleeve that's patented is, you know, you don't always have to do in surgeries, injections. Uh, they're putting a lot of these women just on antidepressants to help with the nerve pain, like they do a lot of fibromyalgia patients. So it can only help. Dilator therapy is very safe. Neodymium magnet therapy is safe. And it can't hurt anything. It can really only make it better. Right. Okay. Yeah. Got you. So, how important would you say the the diagnosis is then? So, if if you're told that you've got something that might not quite be right, and obviously you're you're then given access to certain treatments and and that side of thing. But if you're then given something completely different, you might not have the the same level of access to things like treatments and, and medications and that sort of thing so how important is the fact that you are diagnosed with the right thing in order to get access to the things that actually work and as you say you know it, it needs to be safe as well you know because you, you, you can take something like, like like antidepressants and you could have you could have a lot of side effects from the medication and you might not actually be solving anything but you might be causing more problems so so how important would you say it was it's really important to get diagnosed with the right thing because it's, 
they're they're visiting five to eleven doctors before they're even hearing the word pelvic pain or vaginismus or vulvodynia. So it's so important that these doctors brush up on their pelvic pain conditions because these women are spending thousands of dollars traveling, trying to go to people, and they're not even getting the correct diagnosis. They're just saying, oh, you might have endometriosis. Oh, you have um, a yeast infection. Oh, you have this. So it's like you really have to be your own doctor. You can go to 10 different doctors and get 10 different diagnoses and 10 different treatment plans. Sorry, that just sounds like people with opinions to me. Do you know what I'm saying? So if, if, if doctors are supposed to help you and they're supposed to be so smart with everything, why can you go to 10 people and get 10 different answers? You know, I, I'm sure they're not all going to work. So if you really think about it, you have to be your own doctor and you really have to just pick whatever treatment plan you want to go with. You almost, you're, I just say I'm my own doctor. I diagnose myself before I go to the doctors. And then I just say, this is what I think I have. Do you agree? Get what I need and go on my way, you know? Yeah. Are there any, are there any crossovers in terms of like, so you mentioned fibromyalgia, for instance, that, that, that has certain, certain crossovers in terms of like perhaps the, the symptoms or even the actual treatments and things that you, you have access to. You might sort of deal with similar, similar um, side effects and things. Is that, is that the case or are there also a lot of things that, you know, you, you might be given access to a treatment or um, a, a type of physical therapy, say, but that, that is too far away from what you actually have to make a difference is, is that is, is that the case or you mean quite like, a lot of like, crossovers? like like the dilate like the dilator to help fibromyalgia patients is that what you're, what, is that what you're asking yeah I, mean, I, 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 I don't mean it that 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 kind of um specifically but it, the, mm-hmm. th- th- things like you might, you might be given something to say nerve endings for, for fibromyalgia but that that sort of treatment might help with um with, with a lot of other things as well and then with yeah and, and then with uh, vulvodynia as well it's like well it might help with that uh, as well but you're taking it for the wrong diagnosis initially if, if that makes sense so what what sort yeah. of views do you have on, on that side of things well the, you can use the dilators for 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 many other things so it's not just vulvodynia um if say you have cervical cancer and you have cervical radiation, your vaginal muscles can atrophy. So that's another thing that they're used for. Um, if you have interstitial cystitis, that can make your, which is um, inflammation of the bladder. Sometimes you can have painful intercourse due to that or your tight pelvic floor muscles. Um, your, your muscles could just literally just be tight. You can use it for that. Um, when you get older, you have menopause. You go through menopause. You go through vaginal atrophy, thinning of the walls. Um, you can use the dilators for that. Vag- vaginismus, where the muscles are just too tight, and women describe it like what their partner is just hitting a wall. They can't get anything in. Um, a tampon, they can't get in. Um, some women that are born with a with a narrow vagina or a shortened vagina. They have to use dilator therapy as well as transgenders that have, um, you know, the surgeries to change from a man to a woman. They have to use dilators. So there's so many different uses for these dilators. And these ones are just, um, they work better due to the neodymium magnet therapy inside. So 
when you're stretching it out, it really does hurt. But then, then you're going to feel the neodymium magnet therapy calm down that pain a lot quicker than if you were using dilators without the neodymium magnet. Right, got you. So what what was it like getting this this out into the world then? So you you came up with the the patent, you came up with the idea. The inventor said, "Yep, yeah, let's let's do it." You did all the studies and everything. You got you got everything ready. What what was it like in terms of the actual process of getting customers for this? Well, we uh, we tried our first trade show was with women, so not practitioners, doctors, or physical therapists. It was just with women, and we found that that was a mistake because they're kind of embarrassed and they don't want to come up to the booth in front of everybody. So we're like, okay, well, that's not a good model for us. Like when we go to a trade show, maybe we need to target the actual practitioners instead of um, the actual patients because the patients aren't wanting to come up like they'll kind of just like grab a brochure and run um type of thing which is fine it's a private issue so we decided to start marketing to physical therapists and doctors and when you're and i we do we're doing our first the first physician trade show in april but we've done about four of the physical therapy trade shows and it's interesting it's very interesting when you sell dilators because of what they look like because people literally walk by and they laugh at you. You can just mm. see them laughing. Some people stop and they get it and they want to talk because they're into women's health. But if I could, I mean, it's hard. I did four trade shows in a, in a row last year. And the amount of people that laugh at you is amazing. And it, 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 it can get to you. I'm not mm. going to lie. It can get to you when people laugh for four, you know, four different trade shows in a row you know, they're like four days long each, but you know, you just got to stay strong and be like, you know, I'm helping people and I'm changing lives and they can laugh all they want, but you know, I'm actually helping people. Um, so, but the women's, the women's physical therapists have been very supportive and then they've, you know, have, you know, can you please send me brochures, tell their patients, um, <coughs> excuse me, Dr. Eichenberg, is a pelvic pain doctor up in Pennsylvania. He has the Sexual Pain Institute in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, and he's amazing. He um, heard about it, called me. We talked for an hour. He said, this is amazing. He used them for about a year with his patients, and he called me, and he's like, these are the most amazing things. I'm making them the recommended dilator of my institute. So he doesn't get a kickback. I don't give him any commission, anything like that. He just truly loves the product. How important is it is is the public opinions on this then? So you mentioned that a lot of people do do kind of laugh. They might not they might not get it. They might not value it. All all those sorts of things. How important is it that you do actually get in front of the right people? And I mean, just 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 going off what you said there. I mean, you might it might be a case of a, a needle in a haystack where you find someone that does get it amongst a field of people that don't. So what's what's that like? Yeah, it, it is a challenge, but you just keep keep trying. As long as you know who to go for, which now I, from experience, I know to go to the women's health, the holistic women's health doctors, um, <coughs> excuse me, alternative medicine doctors. Now I know, and so I, I'm having a lot more success now with it, but it was just hard in the beginning when I really didn't know who to pinpoint, um, but right, it's with the great reviews that we have out there, 
in the people talking about it, they're actually telling their practitioners and the practitioners are emailing me or calling me. So we kind of have this little army now of women that love it. I haven't had a complaint in three years. So I have this little army of women out there now that love it. And they're in these forums and these group group um, groups on Facebook and they're talking about VUVA and they're like my little army of marketers. So that's, that's always really nice. Yeah, awesome. Is there anything that would you say contributed to that, to getting people more more on your side, I guess, when it comes to this sort of thing? Is there anything that you think you did or did it just sort of fall like that? Well, um, you know, having vulvodynia myself and telling my story, um, I was in Self Magazine, Glamour Magazine. I've been in a lot of publications. So I think when they see, like, you can literally be at a trade show talking to somebody and they're like, well, what's your background? And I said, I have vulvodynia. I was a vulvodynia patient. I created it for myself. Their eyes just change. Their eyes just like light up. They're like, oh, they're like, you own this company? You invented this? Like, I'm too young or I'm a girl. It's just so funny. And I'm like, yeah, I did. And it's me. And I have vulvodynia. And it works. And I can tell you it works because I've used it. And it changed my life, so now I'm changing other people's lives, and they're just floored. They're, their whole demeanor changes, so um, I think the fact that I have it and I share my story. When I first started, there was about two articles four years ago. There was about two articles about vulvodynia on the internet. That was it. Now there's tons. There's probably about 30 to 40, So, and I'm in a lot of them. So, you know, they kind of know me. As you know, I'm an advocate. I tell my story. I talk about my vagina. I don't care who reads it. You know, I just, <laughs> the more people that read my articles, the more people that have been to 10 doctors are going to be like, oh, that's what I have. You know, just like I did. I read some, somebody else's article, you know. Yeah, I mean, I just want to, to echo as well that you you did this for yourself. So people that are listening to this would be, they would be starting their businesses, they would be already having a business, maybe they're looking to, to try something new, to start something new, and a lot of it does come down to something that solves a problem that, that you have, and it's, it's nice that you were able to do that, and then you were able to convert it into something that, that was a business. So this is going to be a little bit of a sidetrack, I guess. It's getting, getting quite close to, to kind of the, the lightning round, so to speak, near the end. But if, if this didn't happen, what, what do you think you would have done instead? You want to know what? I don't know. And I haven't thought about that. Um, I've always been an entrepreneur, so I know I would be doing something. I bartended for 15 years. I have a back injury. So bartending was that you wouldn't think, but it was actually the easiest thing for me um, mm-hmm. to do because I didn't have to sit down in a chair all day. And I didn't really have to lift anything. So that's what I did. And then I ran restaurants too um, for about three or four years. You know, I, I had met with Rob previously, my business partner now, you know, about six months prior. And I said, Rob, I'm bored. I need to do something. He has this monstrous printing company here that was actually started over there um, by him and by his father. And then he took it over. It's called Trinity Graphic. And you know, I said, Rob, I'm, I'm an artist. I'm a creator. I'm bored. Like, what can we do together? Just because we've always got along. And I've ended up bartending at his house and I just know him and his wife. And he's like, here's a list of things. Well, on that paper, he gave me, there were things like 
they all had to do with printing. And so I was like, okay, he goes, look this over. We'll get together at the end of summer. And, you know, you can pick one of these. I've always wanted to do it and then I'll fund it and I'll let you do it. Cause I've ran so many successful things so far. So, um, but then I, September 25th, 2013 is when I thought of this idea and I was like, oh, this is what we need to work on together. And the fact that I sat down on the table and I'm like, listen, I need money and it's for vaginas. Just give it to me. And he's like, okay. And he just, I mean, who would really give somebody money to do that? He just completely believed in me and it worked and we're very successful now, which is amazing. We ship all over the world. What well, what was it like for for him in this then? So for for yourself, it might might have been easier, might have been harder. What what was it like for for Rob going down this journey with you? Well, Rob is a he's a ladies' man, and he he just has such a good time talking to people. He's very open. Um, he's just loved the whole process. He just thinks it's amazing that he makes dilators and. He goes around to trade shows and he talks to everybody and he's very warm and he's very welcoming. So everybody loves Rob Smithson. So he's like a good little advocate to have on the male side of things because he talks to the men and he mentions it to men and it seems that their wives have the issues. So mm. then he's like, you know, may I have something that will help. And so he kind of hits up the male population for me because um, I have a lot of men that buy them for their wives. Um, mm -hmm. But he's had a good time. I mean, I've kind of ran everything because he has his other company. I've kind of ran everything and he accompanies me on trade shows and things. But he's just kind of left it up to me and um, he's had a great time. I mean, we really haven't had anything bad happen, which is nice. We haven't had you know, we, I wouldn't complain. It's been a really nice journey. It's been a really nice journey, especially with him. Cause he's just an awesome person. Yeah. Awesome. Right. Well, if, cause we, you, you've been on this now for, for quite a lot of years now. So is there anything that you, that you can pinpoint that you could share with us in terms of like lessons that you've learned along the way, or maybe some do's and don'ts around starting your, your own company down the invention road as well? Because obviously a lot of people start businesses for, for services or, or products and things, but, but you've actually gone the full way and actually invented something yourself. So looking back, if you've got any like wisdom for us that, that our listeners might be able to take away. Um, I would definitely, when you're dealing with manufacturers and things, I wouldn't put all your eggs in one basket. So I would definitely get go to three different manufacturers, you know, when it has to deal with getting molds done or, you know, just manufacturing in general and getting clothes because they will be very different. Um, you don't want to just, you know, weave in new people. So Rob's like, you know, I know this person. And we went, the quote for the molds were $640,000 and we got them done for 60 at another place. Wow. So they said we needed 10 separate molds for this one product for the caps and the each size. And then the second guy, you know, was like, I can put them all the caps in one mold and all the dilators in one mold. So, so that saved us, you know, $600,000. So you just don't just get a lot of, you know, somebody, the CAD drawings, just to have the drawings made to make the 3D molds. You know, somebody wanted 4,000, somebody wanted 15. So 
you just always shop around, you know, and, and then check reputations of people. Um, just because it's more expensive doesn't mean it's better. That definitely, that's definitely something that, you know, to live by just because it's expensive doesn't mean it's better. Is is there a limit to when you just have to take action on it? So there could be people this and that go, well, I'll, I'll I'll do that and I'll I'll look for for a lot of prices and I will shop around and it tends to get into a point where like they're using that to stop them from from taking action on it. So how many did did you actually find before you went forwards and, and took action on it? Um, it, it was three. We had mm-hmm. three. Um. Yeah, it was about three. And you'll know when you find the right person and it'll feel comfortable to you and you'll be okay with the pricing and um, just make sure that, you know, everybody signs an NDA. Make sure that that one vendor or that one manufacturer doesn't have everything. Um, You know, all your proprietary information, you know, make sure that you own your things that you have made. Um, it's just important that you always have control of your property, which is, you know, and then you also want to make everybody sign an NDA that you talk to as well. It's very important. All right. Excellent. Well, is, is there any parting remarks and things before we, we dive into the last couple of questions? Any, anything that you think that we might not have covered? So uh, we are reasonably close to the end, but I don't want to leave any stone unturned, Tara. So last, last bits and pieces before we finish, what would you say? I would say that um, a, lot, a lot of women that call me, they think that they're the only ones with this. And vulvodynia affects 16% of women. And as far as other painful intercourse conditions, 80% of women will suffer from a painful intercourse at some point in their lives. So you're definitely not alone. Um, words to Google are pelvic pain specialists, vul- vulvovaginal specialists, um, you know, interstitial cystitis, which is a bladder inf- inflammation. There's so many, so many people that can help you out there, but they don't know what it's called and they don't know the names of the conditions. So if you look up pelvic pain conditions, that's like a really good keyword to look up if you're having pelvic pain. Pelvic pain doesn't just mean abdomen endometriosis, which a lot of people think. It's anything from basically the belly button down to the vagina that can hurt. So it's just important to know what what words to, to research. Yeah, definitely. So just before we finish, um, where, can, where can people go to find out more about you, Tara? So if people they might want to know more about it, they might want to help you out, they might actually want to, to buy one if, if, if they're struggling with this kind of thing as well, where can people go to find out more? They can go to uh, www.vuvatech, so that's V-U-V-A-T-E-C-H.com, Vuvatech. Or if you just Google magnetic vaginal dilators, you'll find us as well because we're the only ones that make the dilators, the magnetic dilators. All right, excellent. And for, for our last question, so this is the bit where we... We can kind of move away from what we've spoken about. We can go wacky. We can go a little bit silly if, if you want to as well, Tara. So the, the last question that I always ask all my guests is, what would you like the world to know about you that it doesn't already know? Mm. I love people and I just love to laugh. I laugh at my own jokes. I feel like if you can't laugh at your own jokes, then what's life? 
so I'm just silly and goofy. I'll try to get a laugh out of anybody, and it's how I live my days, and I wouldn't want it any other way. Sounds good. Yeah, I mean, if you can't laugh at your own jokes, then they might not be funny enough, you know? Yeah, I just love laughing, and I just I just love laughing and making other people laugh, even if it's a funny look, a funny joke. I just, it's just awesome. Good stuff. Right, well, thanks for coming on the show, Tara. I appreciate you carving out the time, and I'm, I'm sure we'll, we'll keep in touch. All right. Thank you, Michael.